0: Hello and welcome to our brand new podcast, The Inspire Club. This is our second episode. Um, This podcast is supported by Waggle. Uh, Waggle's an agile employee voice platform that measures and truly improves engagement. And and again, I just want to say thank you personally for their support in 2020. Um, So I'm your host, Matt Manners, a founder of The Inspiring Workplaces. Uh, And as i said on our previous podcast, I'll be sharing hosting duties uh, with the team uh, at Inspiring Workplaces as we interview people from all over the world. Um, Like the 1990s classic Fight Club, uh, we only have one rule, it's, it's a different rule, but each guest must share a story of one person that, that has inspired them along the way. Putting positivity in the, into the world and, and thanking somebody that, that may, maybe had no idea they inspired them. Um, ideally it will be a past colleague, but they can come from the outside of the world, world of work too. So, to our guest, our second ever guest on Inspire Club, uh, Heather Younger. Aside from being an expert in her field, uh, the founder of Employee Fanatics, Heather is someone I've long admired, respected from afar uh, for the work and positivity that she has and does. Um, This actually is our first ever real conversation and I honestly can't wait to get to know her more. So welcome, Heather.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. I feel the same way. I've been watching you from afar and and the exact same way. It's like we finally get to talk.
0: (laughs) The the weird world of social media and and saying, you know, you feel like you're getting to know somebody and you've never met them or spoken to them. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Writing those wrongs now. And I I forget to say that you'll actually be speaking, almost finishing uh, the Workplace Inspirathon in January. Um, After 24 hours, I think you're our penultimate speaker. So saving the best to last.
1: Oh, I love it. And, you know, I'm used to that anyway. My last name is Younger. And so the Y always makes me last at everything. So I'm totally fine with being last.
0: <laughs> yeah, what, what, one of our, you know, other people we respect in the world is David Zinger. And he, he says he's, he hates his name in some respects because he's always last in lists. So, um, you know, <laughs> there we go. Anyway. Thank you for joining us. Uh, As you can probably tell from my voice, I'm very excited to to get to know you. Um, And as I said, our first question and rule of Inspire Club, um, are you able to share a story of somebody who's inspired you in the world of work and and why and how they've inspired you?
1: Yes. um, I had a a gentleman, he was my manager at the time. Um, He... He hired me in a particular role. Actually, he hired me to come in to do customer experience, so to lead customer experience for this large government. And um, I I went about it doing what I would always do. I have like processes behind the scenes. I have just things I'm going to go do. I go, I'm going about doing those things. And I start to feel obstacles along the way. And it ends up being mostly in the leadership team. And every time I turn one way, it's like, nope, not yet turn this way. Nope, not yet. And I'm just at a high level of frustration. And this particular manager um, was hyper empathetic. He could sense, he could sense and he's intuitive. And he, one day he came down to my office and he just like knocked on the door and he's like, you open, you're available. I'm like, sure. Like, what am I going to say? No, he's my boss. (laughs) So I go, sure. And he sits down, he has a huge smile on his face and he goes, I know you're frustrated. I know. Uh, I know you feel like the leadership team is, you know, stopping you from doing what you do best, but I hired you to do exactly what you're doing. I want you to keep doing that. Just keep your, keep your chin up. Okay.
0: Fantastic. And he
1: just had this huge smile. And I just, I, you know, in that moment, I've only have, I'm going to be honest, there's only maybe two or three of those moments in my multiple decade, you know, years of working (laughs) um, that I can remember. And it was just like the way in which he came in, how he did it, uh, spontaneously, how he sensed my high level of frustration and how he met me where I was at, right. You know, in that moment, uh, to really uplift me, uh, to validate me. And it did give me the energy to kind of keep going forward in that journey because, you know, with employee experience, customer experience, any of that, um, there are so many obstacles and barriers for people like us that do the work and help, you know, whether we're inside an organization or coming in as a consultant. There's a lot of barriers. And he was just like, you know what? Like the barriers really aren't that real. Let's let's we're going to remove those. Come on, keep doing what you're doing. And so it was that that's the, that that to me was very inspirational. And the story will like follow with me forever.
0: It, 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 when you go back to that moment, is it, is it as clear as it was in that moment that day in your mind?
1: Yes. It is too, because he has an amazing smile. So like Tim, I remember him coming in with that smile. I'm thinking, oh boy, you know, what's this going to be like, you know? And then, and then when he leaves, he has a smile and I'm just, so I'll remember that smile forever. And, and, and again, how it made me feel. And so much of the work I do is about helping employers understand it's about how you make your people feel that makes all the difference. And, and so in that moment, he, he just really beautifully displayed it.
0: Fantastic. Are you able to, to share the name and so we can say thank you to him or is that to be kept secret?
1: <laughs> his head is Ed, his name is Ed and he knows it. I've, I've thanked him after the fact, much after the fact. He's had some, um, a lot of things happen in his life and, and this, I think when I reached out, he probably was a little surprised, but he's not, he's a humble guy. So he's not one of those people who's going to be like, Oh yeah. And I did that because I'm so great. <laughs> he's like, whatever. That's just what I do.
0: Well, thank you, Ed. i think you've really contributed to, the person heather is today actually I, I imagine so thank you very much ed um thank you heather for sharing that story um uh it's i just i think it's wonderful to hear these stories to be honest with you uh and the impact that it shows that the, the people we work with can have one another um hopefully in a positive way but sometimes in a negative way. um but um we, we always try and do a follow-up here as well when we, when we hear these incredible stories of people who've inspired others and that's to ask about your own personal purpose like we call it my my hashtag my why but do do you have one that you know you every every morning that drives you in the world of work you know you know
1: yeah i i think in the world of work the thing that drives me is making sure that people's voices are heard that everyone's voice is heard yeah. Um, so I, the work I do, pretty much everything focuses on whether I'm training a group of people and we're, and I'm trying to help them land on a truth of the matter for their group. Um, I want their voices to come out. I want their truth to be, to, to reveal itself. Um, I, and, it, and it does stem a lot from my own childhood where I felt like my voice didn't matter very much. And so uh, because of that, but, but as a result, instead of like being, what was me and not having a voice, I chose to. Uh, instead make my voice louder, but usually through other people's voices. So an example is like through my podcast, I have a book coming out and the book has like 80 people from the podcast in it just because there's not as much value in my voice as there is in the the voice of many of us. And that's really the thing that drives me.
0: And and what's the podcast for those listening who who aren't already avid listeners?
1: Um, It's called Leadership with Heart.
0: Fantastic. So definitely check that out. And, and it sounds like check out the book as well. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure we will be uh, promoting that um, when it does come out. Um, so um, has this year felt like a watershed year or have we, we still a long way to go?
1: Um, it's been an interesting year, I think. Uh, for many of us, we, I think those who who sunk sunk fast and are still in the stuck mode are those who just did not iterate, did not, I hate, I know people hate the word pivot, but they did not decide to change, change individually, changes from a company perspective, you know, at work, change their brand. They just, they didn't, or they didn't choose to see the positive side of what they already had in front of them as far as their own brand. And um, I was thinking, I'm not going to lie to you, I was thinking those first, that first month, especially during the quarantine I was thinking, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second, Heather, you've got like a book to focus on. You have four children. you got things to do here. <laughs> Stop thinking. So I got myself unstuck, but, you know, I was, I was drinking way too much wine and eating way too many cookies to, to even count at, the, at that point.
0: I think a lot of us can relate to that. <laughs> um, yeah, um, uh, I think we just mentioned that. It's probably the I'm trying to right those wrongs now, but Christmas time is definitely not <laughs> the time to uh, do the bottle of wine back up again? Um, but with with regards to giving everyone a voice, and obviously everything that's fallen fallen out of this year, um, uh, and the social justice piece, do do you think do you think there's been a breakthrough there? And because we were all locked up at home, and we had to focus on the news on a daily basis, that that change has started to really happen in a meaningful way with regards to giving everybody a voice and treating everybody equally?
1: Well, I mean, I think that uh, it, it's definitely increased awareness. And so that's been the good thing about all this time, right, is that the awareness has been increased. I personally do see uh, organizations really trying to dive deep. They're trying to orient their budgets to bring in uh, folks to help if they don't already have them, focus on a diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging strategy and uh, all the things that are entailed. So, you know, training and things like that are inside of it, but it's not the only thing we got to start with why, which is what you did earlier. Right. we got to start with why if we aren't clear about why we're even endeavoring into that area. Um, then we need, we need not start. Right. Yeah. So um, I think that's really the key is, I think it's been, it's increased awareness. I have seen changes. I've seen, I've seen organizations realigning, shifting some of their resources. I don't think it was all just lip service. Will there be, will there be people who go back to the way it was? Absolutely. (laughs) That's how we are. But I do think that there'll be incremental changes that'll come from it.
0: Good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I think what I've once heard any, any kind of tough change. It's almost like tipping over a vending machine. You have to rock it back and forward, um uh, it finally, it finally gets there. And, um, you know, I think it was, I think it's, um, 65 years ago in December, the first rode Rosa parks Road rode that famous bus. Um, and you just think there's a long, long way to go. Um, and I'm just hoping that more people are having more uncomfortable conversations to, to actually make change. So I, I know, we've done that as an organization and um, we want to make sure that people continue on those efforts and su- support them in any way we can. But um, I just thought I wanted to pick up on that because of, of your why, um, giving everybody a voice. And I think that's one positive out of a horrible negative that might've come out of the 2020. Um, so I just wanted to touch upon that. So thank you for allowing me to do so. Um, but, but to a more, a more positive uh, 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 answer, hopefully, um, best experience at work you've ever had and why and it might be the same same day you with that smile from ed but um there might be another experience <laughs>
1: um you know i would say that i wouldn't say it was like my the, the best like experience but it's an experience worth sharing and i think it's for people who might be listening it's a lesson to be learned um And this is another manager, uh, one of two that I actually like, we'll never forget and think of them as great managers. But in this, there was, I was working at a job, there was a a merger going on. The merger was not going well. There was a layoff, the layoff process. uh, You know, normally all of this stuff is just super painful, you know, being fired from a job, being laid off from a job. It's all just super painful. And it was indeed painful. I was one of the people um, that was in the middle of this layoff process. I was in, I, I, I was also laid off, but uh, in the process, I remember the day, uh, I got the call. It was a call because the, all the offices were spread across the country and, and the world. And my manager like could have had just HR lead the conversation, but the manager really led the conversation. And when he talked to me and he shared the news, he said, Heather, I'm so sorry that we have to do this, but we got to lay you off with many other people. I really, really wish I could stop this. I really wish I could make it not happen. <laughs> Um, But when he was doing it, he was so uh, torn and he was just so hurt by having to even do it. And by him showing that level of um, really was more empathy. There's compassion, but to a large extent, more empathy. And it was compassion too, because compassion really is the, is the action part behind empathy. It's saying, I, I'm going to take your empathy and I'm going to go do something about it. And he did like, he could have chosen not to like pay me. Uh, I had a big bonus coming. He decided he, he chose to pay me that bonus at the end. Um, so he, he just ex- expressed so much empathy and then compassion by making sure that was taken care of uh, that. It just, it made me feel cared for even in the layoff process. You know, it just yeah. made me feel like he cared for me, even though he was telling me I had to go. It's not always done well like that, you know what I mean? They usually – they have HR do it or they do it by some weird way. And, and, of course, to be done by the phone is always not nice, but he had to do that pretty much everybody unless they were in his
0: office. Well, and, and I think one thing that keeps getting lost, and uh, as people who, who know me, uh, I like to try and keep things simple um, if, if, where possible. And I think one area um, and lesson is trying to have humanity um, in the workplace. I don't know why that suddenly – uh, disappears when we walk into our offices. So that that person obviously wanted to treat you with some, you know, some, some humanity. And um, we've asked people for predictions for 2021 from our community, and that's one of the main themes. Ra- main themes running throughout it is leaders need to start to having you know, empathy and and treat people treat people like human beings. Um, and that's what seems like happened to you there. Um, my wife actually got laid off. Uh, well, she's a contractor, but they they quickly uh, shut down the contract um, when the pandemic hit because it was all about. Um, she's an accountant, and she, they were doing a project, but that was about um, uh, what's the word? renovating shop fronts. So that immediately became quite redundant. Anyway, they they did it um, on an email and then about a day or two later with all the contractors on the conference call they said that we're going to have to um have some bad news for some of our full-time staff so please be nice to them uh to a load of people who've just been you know laid off with 24 hours notice (laughs) so um i definitely think there's a good way and a bad way of doing it um as you say, and just remember you're talking to another human being whilst doing it. Um, So, no, I I love, I love that answer. I think it's fantastic. Um, You know, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Um, And who was it from? Hmm.
1: Uh, I had someone recently say, Heather, it's okay to have silence. Mm. That was a big one. So it was, it was, um, Feeling uncomfortable, so I was in a call with a group of people, and um, someone put in the chat like, "You know, it's yeah, resting, resting in the silence, like being okay in the silence." And then I had like a gap where I got a little nervous because I didn't have anything to cover, like I didn't have any more any more information to cover. So I reached out to someone else that was on the other side of the chat that was just like a team member of mine, and went, "Oh my gosh, what else are we going to talk about right here?" And then as I was saying that, I remember that chat, the person who was in the chat. So this is kind of how it goes mostly. And how are we doing so many things in chat? Um, and the person was said again, resting in the silence. So I think the best piece of advice for me, um, and for anyone, I think if you're someone who wants to either fill the void with noise, um, or, you know, you have to be constantly doing something, you know, just resting in the silence and taking it as a gift, was probably the best advice I got. That's
0: fantastic. That's fantastic, and, and quite hard to do actually, um, if, if you are those people. And I'm probably one of those people, <laughs> so can relate. <remember laughs> um, um, and then, you know, a key topic right now. Uh, and if you if you have any advice, that is, what what do you do to try and beat stress?
1: I start off, I I try to eat healthier. So that's like when I eat healthier, that's that helps me beat stress. When I eat more sugar, caffeine, fat, any of that kind of stuff, it it drives my stress up. So I try to eat, I try to drink a lot of water. And then every morning, well, Monday, Monday through Saturday, I get up and I work out. Uh, That helps me. And if I'm really uh, peaked at like high levels of anxiety, which happens once or twice a year for me, uh, where I start to get physiological symptoms, I just... I found the way to get past that is to walk out in the sunshine, and luckily I live in one of the sunniest states in the United States in Colorado, and
0: we have a lot of sun, <laughs> so that helps me. Isn't there a, isn't there a Colorado called Sunshine, or um, is, is that is that? Or am I making that up?
1: Yeah, no, sunshine. No, the Sunshine State is not is not uh, Colorado, but we have um, almost as many days of sun as Florida, which is considered the sunniest state. Yeah. People just think about the snow and they think we just have a lot of snow, but it's not, it's actually very, it might be snow, but it's very sunny. So that helps me. I just immediately would get out with my dog and walk and that sunshine hitting me peels the anxiety away. It's like a medicine elixir thing for me.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. I think it's golden Colorado. I was thinking of Is it golden? Is that is that? Oh, town? in
1: golden. Yeah, there is a town there. Yep
0: i was thinking thinking of that but no that that's that's healthy body healthy mind i suppose that that boils down to but um and sunshine i think definitely helps um it's tough in england <laughs> um, <laughs> especially in the winter time um we don't get much of it we don't get many daylight hours to be fair but um when when, when we when we do have daylight it's not often that sunny but um i think that um i think that's fantastic advice um and and I, I would relate to that when i when i do when i am good i feel better um and when i don't i'm not so it's i find it strange that it's so hard to do the right thing sometimes when you know it has positive impact but i'm um, i'm sure i'm sure many people feel like that too but um um what what do you think the most important quality uh, in a leader is or should have
1: mm, i probably would say empathy yeah Empathy slash compassion. Those are kind of the, because um, it's almost like this idea of hearing people's voices. When I talk about listening, I talk about listening with action. So, you know, sometimes obviously there's listening just to listen and there's nothing you're going to do about it. Like there's no intent to do it and there's nothing they actually want you to do about it. They just want you to listen. So, like listening and being and empathizing with people's position, it's kind of a combination of all those things. But then there are times where you, are, if it's something in the workplace that you have control over, you need to act, and that's where the compassion part comes in.
0: So so we, we're we seeing a lot of that now, uh, and I, I 100% agree with you. So trying to build organizations with empathy running throughout it, I, I suppose, is, is critical right now and in the future, uh, not just boardroom, but to try and create a culture where everybody tries to work with empathy.
1: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And I think we need to train that more. We need to actually have courses inside of our workplaces where we're training what that looks like. Because not all of us are naturally empathetic. No. In fact, some of us were counter, <laughs> counter to that. Right. And I think that the key is um, how do we teach people who are even not naturally that way to be to at least show some more of that? And you can't make I mean, I'm going to be clear on this. You can't make someone who doesn't care, care. but yeah. You can have someone show some bits of care here and there more than maybe they are now.
0: Yeah, trying to trying to be aware of the fact maybe they they don't care at the very at the very least. But it is it is it is true, and I I think it is vital in a way, but purely because a lot of the stuff going out on outside of work right now um, is is almost teaching people not to empathize with others or see the another point of view. And we we live in our own echo chambers and consume the, the content we want to consume. So that, that I think will create even more challenges for within the workplace if people are coming in, not really wanting to understand how to walk in another person's shoes.
1: Yeah. It's hard because I mean, some people don't even believe empathy exists and as an empath personally, yeah, yeah, I it's, it, I feel that's like it's, it, it hurts when someone says that because I, I live in this space, which is why I do the work I do. I couldn't be the person who goes in and does, you know, employee focus group roundtables and, you know, listening and on all these topics that are really emotional. I couldn't be that person to do that if I didn't if I couldn't put myself in their shoes, because now I have to go back out out of their shoes, back into my shoes and encapsulate what it is they need, what they want, what they feel and give it back to leaders who can do something about it. If you don't empathize, you can't truly step out of your shoes and into the other person's shoes. You can't then be the communicator back to those who have the power to change things in an effective way.
0: Absolutely. And, and talking about other people's shoes, if, if you are able, if you could, and wanted to swap jobs with anybody in the world right now, who, who would who would it be?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Oh, anyone for a day? Let's see.
0: You might just love doing what you do so much you don't need to swap jobs.
1: (laughs) I really do. I really, I'm not going to be a lie. I really do love what I do. Um, Let me just think about this. I should have thought about about this one ahead of time. (laughs) Swapping jobs. Mm. I don't know. That's a hard one. I mean, maybe like um, someone who's like a, Supermodel type person, which I can't even tell you who that'd be, but somebody who just gets to like, you know, everybody's doing something for me. So they're like, they're like cooking my meal and they're like, you know, doing my, so someone who would be that person who could have, because I do, I do have so many balls in the air with four children. and a business and a podcast and a you know second book and all these things like it's a lot going on and a lot on my shoulders so if I could have someone who who could take away that you know be it like the personal trainer who could cook my food who could like make sure they're scheduling all my kids stuff you know but that but be that person who has that maybe like Jennifer Lopez
0: (laughs) Uh, I love that answer I've always said to Ivy my wife that it'd be so much easier if we just had a chef (laughs) you know you just walk in and go, oh, there's my amazingly tasty, healthy food that I didn't have to prepare or think about, and you know it'd be easy to keep the weight off then. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a great, great answer. Love that. Love that. Um, and what, what's what's the, your go-to productivity trick? You know, when you need to get stuff done. Any any tips for people out there? Because I think we all struggle.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely block out stuff on the calendar. There's no no doubt about that. I, I put things on the calendar um, and I try to stick to those times. That's a big one. Um, I'm also like, I'm a person who ha- I, I operate in bits and spurts. So um, I don't... I don't I am probably, I wouldn't say I'm a procrastinator, but I, I definitely time things closer to the event. And it's because I have so many things loaded up that I know like I have a summary, like for today, a pure example, I have a summary report I have to do from a training we had today. And I also have to get some drafts done for a meeting I have with a diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging group tomorrow, uh, where we're talking about listening sessions with their employees so i have to do all of I have, after i get a phone with you and still have calls and other work i have to have time for that so i stick on the calendar like 1 hour and it's just i know and i can get a lot done in an hour so that would say that would be the biggest thing
0: yeah i i i love that I, I think they call it time boxing i i, I got interviewed um well, our third podcast interview they flipped the microphone around on me for the first time ever and um my my go-to productivity productivity trick for anybody who's going to listen is exactly the same as heather's it's definitely to block out some time time box um and yeah I, I, that really helps me um and likewise i often leave things to the nearer the when they, when they occur, which sometimes I really regret, <laughs> um, um <laughs> we'll flip, it, flip it around now from out of the world of work to more, the uh, home life, um, or you personally, you know, have some fun questions. And, um, if you're, if you're a teacher, what would you teach?
1: I probably would teach listening, listening skills.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, early bird or a night owl? Night owl. Um, what's your, and this is obviously an incredibly hard question. Um, so we won't hold you to the answer, but what's your favorite album and what song can you put, do you put on when you just need to get fired up?
1: I don't have a favorite album. I wish I could say, I don't listen to music that much unless I'm like hopping in my car to and from to drop my kids off. So I'm, I just want to say that. I don't really do it. But I, uh, lately, for some reason, Christina Aguilera, I can never say her name right, but oh, Christina yeah. A, uh, she has that song called um, Fighter.
0: Oh, yes. Love it, uh,
1: yeah. So I love the fighter song because I just feel like right now, when we have so much to kind of overcome, and there's so many things going on, particularly right now within our world, to have a song that really is, you know, it's just like I do not care, you are not beating me, like I'm a fighter.
0: So oh, this is this is so freaky, Heather. Um, again, on my on my episode coming up, uh, I listed off three songs because I was awful at answering my own questions and um one of the, the one song i left off um was christina aguilera fighter <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So the fact it gets mentioned on what will appear earlier is just incredible so i'm so thankful it's such a good song it's such a good song
1: um, it really is so, yeah, so it gets me so uh, sometimes after um, i'm in sessions and it's the sessions where people need to get lifted up i'll put that at the very end as right. the last song here you know
0: well we're, we're making a, a spotify playlist of of every song that gets answered to, to that, oh, cool. so we have Sia uh, and now Christina Aguilera and um, another spoiler alert for the next one. Mine is Oasis. So um, we have we have three three awesome songs to start this playlist. We'll probably release it after the first ten. So, um, what what's the funniest thing that's happened to you recently um, that you that you want to share? That is.
1: Well, I think it was, um, I don't know. I don't I know how funny, like they're going to actually, you know, start busting up. But, um, one day I'm sitting on the couch with my son. So he's out of my four, he's my youngest, he's 10. And, uh, and I'm sitting next to him and I'm going, Oh, I gotta do this. And I gotta do this. And I gotta do this. And I got and I'm just like going through my mind, but I'm saying it kind of out loud. He can just see the tension there. Uh-huh. And he goes, mom, just come on, do some breathing. Come on, do some breathing. Just relax, breathe, clear your mind out. Uh, you know, go to somewhere else, do this thing here. You don't have to sit here. Do you want to lay down? And I'm like, are you, are you schooling <laughs> yeah. me on meditation?
0: <laughs> what, what, what yeah,
1: he said he learned it at school. His teacher, they, they taught them how to kind of meditate wow. and how to, uh, yeah, and how to kind of get themselves relaxed from a riled from a up state. And the reason why I just thought it was funny is that my 10-year-old's teaching me. I'm 49. He's 10. I'm like, Mama, come on. Here's what you do. I'm like, and lay down. You can lay down if you want, Mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I need him in my office as well. <laughs> 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 Absolutely fantastic. Um, thank you very much to Heather's 10-year-old son. Um, uh, and and uh, quite this is quite a nice segue, actually, um, with with four children. Um, household chores. What what do you leave till last? So hoping somebody else will do it or tell one of your children to do because you just don't want to do it yourself.
1: <laughs> I hate folding clothes. Uh,
0: well, uh, okay. That's, that's, that is definitely what I can relate to. Uh, as um, <laughs>
1: So I pay my kids. I pay, i pay them to fold even mine. Cause at this point they're most of them are teenagers. So I'll be like, okay, well if you do like, like these many loads, you get this much money.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Love it. L- little industry. It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> it's- uh, so, kind of almost like a movie, a, a film question, well, a film question, a music question. Um, if you're at home, try to relax after your 10-year-old's told you to take, take some deep breaths, um, what a film do, can you just turn on and watch? What's your favorite film in that well,
1: film? I have a film and a show. So, my favorite show is The Voice. Um, oh, cool. I love The Voice, but that's because I, I love singing, and I love singers, and my dad was in music, and so I kind of love that. So, that would be my favorite show. Favorite movie for me of all times is Pretty Woman. With Julia Roberts. Yeah,
0: great show. Great.
1: So if I had that, you know, if I if they weren't around, because no one else really wants to watch it with me. But when, <laughs> but if I want to, if someone wants to watch it with me, then that would be the one I'd put on. Yeah,
0: that, that, that's that's pretty impossible not to feel good after watching that film. <laughs> yes. And a great soundtrack as well, actually. Talking. About oh, people. I know. I love it. I love it. I've got Go West, King of Wishful Thinking in my head now. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm mean, going to listen that afterwards. Um, <laughs> something you've done and will never do again. Which I find is quite a hard question, actually.
1: <laughs> it is. And I wish I would have thought about this one ahead of time, too. Let me just think. Hold on. Something I've done and I will
0: never do again. My, my father, for example, would never eat an oyster again.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about something I would eat because I'm like, I'm not a very big like risk taker person. And so I don't think I would. Um, well, OK, I can say I wouldn't think I won't do again is uh, I attempted to do a pull a poll on the fly just before i got on the phone with you in a big training a poll and i thought i had i was typing everything in and everything was just so perfectly done and then i saved it but then i went in and it was like showing up something different and then i accidentally deleted it so i probably won't ever do a poll on the fly again
0: okay good advice for anybody of instant polling live polling <laughs> think about it give it a second thought um, <laughs> and we can all dream right now uh, on our sofas, drinking our wine, but where's the best place in the world you visited?
1: Hmm. Let's see. The best place, well, I'd probably have to say um, Turkey, like Istanbul. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I, I went to Israel. That was gorgeous. But we went to Turkey while I was there, and it was just so gorgeous. The people were amazing. The food was great. The water was gorgeous. I would say Turkey.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's on the list for sure. For me. Um, and so you'd highly recommend that place then.
1: It was It's gorgeous. So that part of the world is just like, Oh, now where the second part of this is kind of, where would you want to be right now? And one place I've never been is just St. Thomas and I'd love to be at an, on an island right now
0: for sure. <laughs> yeah. I can think of worse ways of getting some sunshine and having a nice walk on the beach. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, now I'm really, <laughs> no, I really need some sun. Um, and, and and you'll be glad to hear it's the last question. Uh, it's a shame for me because this has been so much fun, and I've loved getting to know you. But um, we're we're going to try and make this a staple of the po- a staple of the podcast too. So who who would you nominate t- for us to go interview on the Inspire Club? Um, I who? would say
1: Mike Mike Vacanti.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, human first. Uh, yeah, okay, that's. Um, Awesome! I'm glad you've nominated him. I'm definitely going to go ask him. Um, so, Mike, if you're listening, um, I'm, I'm coming to try and get you on on the the Inspire Club. So, um, but for now, thank you so much, Heather. Um, it really was a, a joy um, and an honor to be able to speak with you, and I'm really looking forward to learning lots more from you on that, the workplace Inspirethon in January as well.
1: Oh yes, I'm, I'm super excited about that event and. Um, thanks for everybody's listening again. Just go to the Leadership with Heart podcast too and you can also subscribe there. I'd love to have all of you join there if you like some of the things I talked about around leadership. So thank you, Matt.
0: And when when's the book coming out as well?
1: The book comes out in April uh, and it's called the art the art of caring leadership. That's the title.
0: Fantastic. Well that that will come around very quickly, no doubt. So We'll, we'll be promoting that on the website, I'm sure. Um, and just a, a quick note, so thanks again to Heather, but a quick note about the workplace and Spirathon. For those that don't know, um, we used we used to do uh, in-person conferences and gala dinners as part of, uh, of what we do, um, but obviously that came to a grinding halt earlier in the year. Um, so as a product of the environment that we're living in, we've decided to do a, a digital virtual non-stop 24-hour event, um, all around workplace inspiration uh, culture and play engagement experience diversity starting 8 30 a.m in sydney their local time going through singapore london johannesburg new york san francisco and ending around 3 30 local time in san francisco um 50 plus speakers music gigs the work so it's free to register uh, and you can join us during your daytime, wherever that may be and catch everything else on demand. So check us out at inspiring-workplaces.com and for now, thanks for listening Uh, and until next time, thanks again. Bye-bye.